Metropolis Playbook, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Mike, please sit back and enjoy the show. And welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I am your host, Ashley. This is my lovely co-host, Michael Duncan. How are you tonight? I'm good. I am. Uh, I, I don't have anything clever to say, honestly. Oh, wow. Was, That's was, a first. I was thinking about it, but I got nothing. So it's a first. Yeah. First time for everything here. Well, we're back. A couple weeks off. A couple life things got in the way, but we are back, ready to talk all things football. Week 12 just passed us, um, and we are in the home stretch of this NFL regular season. We just had our full slate of Week 12 games. Nobody was on by, as it was Thanksgiving week, and we had our first Black Friday game, which saw some cool things. We'll talk about it later, but why don't we start with the news? Let's see what we got going on in the NFL. Three-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Deshaun Jackson officially retired from the NFL today as a Philadelphia Eagle. He will be an honorary captain in this week's game for them. So I'm I'm not going to say much. Uh, I could probably do a whole podcast on Deshaun Jackson. He was the first jersey I ever owned growing up. He was my first, like, my player. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up, obviously, on Brian Dawkins, Donovan McNabb, Brian Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But, like, I saw – I remember watching Deshaun Jackson get drafted. I bought his jersey. I remember falling in love with him as a rookie. Um and this is something that I've kind of I, I've, I've probably shared it with you personally. I don't know if I've ever mm-hmm. said it on this podcast. I believe that Deshaun Jackson should be a Hall of Famer. Uh, and that's purely because I think that people that are in the Hall of Fame should not. Sorry, I got distracted. I got a call and it totally took my focus. He was the best to ever do what he did. He is the best NFL deep threat of all time. No one has more 60 plus yard touchdowns than him. Jerry Rice is the only person to have more 50 plus yard touchdowns than him. And I believe he has the most 20 plus yard touchdowns in the last like 20 years or something like that. But regardless, he's the best to ever do it in that regard. Uh, And if you're going to put guys, which I do believe you should like Devin Hester, Darren Sproles, um, in the Hall of Fame, they were elite, elite at what they did. And Deshaun Jackson changed the game when it comes to the way defenses had to prepare for guys like him. He was small. Mm-hmm. He was undersized. He paved the way for dudes like a Tyreek Hill, very different players. But he proved that a guy that was his size and really just filled that one role really, really well, which was outrunning dudes, had a place in the NFL in a way mm-hmm. that was more than a gadget player. He was a number one bona fide wide receiver. He put up over a thousand yards often. He scored touchdowns. Like he was not a gadget. He was not just a deep threat. He was a full wide receiver. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'm happy that he will be uh, retiring as a Philadelphia Eagle. Um, To me, uh, it's funny. This was probably my favorite stat. He caught a touchdown pass from Donovan McNabb, Mm -hmm. Kevin Cobb, Mike Vick, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, and Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. with the Eagles. That is that's crazy. That is every legitimate starting quarterback that we've had for a decent period of time in the past twenty some years. Yeah. Um, and it all it took was that second uh that second go around with the team to, you know, get the Carson Wentz and the Jalen Hurts in there. But it is funny. Uh, and it just, you know, mm-hmm. it is a it is an era ending. So I love Deshaun Jackson. Shout out to him. I went longer than I meant to, but oh well. It's okay. Anything, anything for Deshaun Jackson. Um, Colts this week released veteran linebacker Shaq Leonard on Tuesday. That was, oh, Not this week, sorry. On Tuesday the 21st. He cleared waivers and became a free agent. Um, he had an interesting quote here. I want to talk about his contract first. Sorry. Leonard is signed with the Colts was through 2026. If anyone was picking him up on waivers, they would have to pay a little over 6 million in his salary for the remainder of the season. They would also have to inherit his injury guarantee on his 2024 salary. So it kind of was pretty obvious to everyone watching that Leonard was going to clear waivers. And he did. There was an interesting quote though, that was listed on pro football talk where it says, quote, after the move was made on Tuesday, Leonard took part in Thanksgiving food distribution event with his former teammates. He said that the move came a day after a meeting with defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Bradley told Leonard that he would be inactive for the rest of the season, so Leonard found it, quote, shocking to learn that he was off the team altogether the next day. He 
will be visiting with teams, has been visiting with teams. We'll talk about him a little bit later on. Yeah. The- uh, he hasn't been very good since he got injured. Just throwing that mm-hmm. out there. So he's not exactly the Shaquille, Shaquille, Shaq Leonard that uh, we like to think of, unfortunately. Yeah. And the Raiders released cornerback Marcus Peters. Peters was benched this last week on a coach's decision. He was later released citing minimal effort on crucial plays that cost the team wins throughout the season. Peters was on pace to earn $1.5 million in incentives this season, and a lot of people seem to be pointing that way to say maybe this is a huge reason why he was released. He did clear waivers, and he is now a free agent. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that he's a really good player. But I think when a guy bounces around as much as he does, there's normally a reason why. Um, He was great with the Chiefs when he was drafted. He played there for three years. He played for the Rams for two seasons. He played for the Baltimore Ravens for three seasons. And now he played with the Raiders. And like, yeah, it's a shame because he is a really talented player. But it just seems that he cannot find a place to stick. Yep. All right. And some big coaching news these past couple weeks. Firings. The Commanders fired defensive backs coach Brent Bisselmeyer and defensive coordinator, the big one, Frank Del Rio on Friday. Head coach Ron Rivera took over defensive play calling duties from Del Rio um, and the Commanders try and get a new start there. I think you mean Jack Del Rio. Oh, did I? That You said Frank right. Del Rio and I believe yeah. he is the CEO I think I was talking about... <laughs> Um, I think I was thinking about the next person I want to talk about, and I mislabeled the first name. That is my apologies. I see. I really yeah. should go through and like double check Read your what work, I write. <laughs> but it's so much more fun to catch you in the moment and just yeah, like, okay. just find a really weird thing. I'm it's not the professional it. thing to do, but I thoroughly enjoy it. So yes, Jack really Del Rio. Uh, Thank you. Frank Del Rio is still the CEO of whatever company Google told me he was the CEO of. Okay. So which was that? Oh, I have no idea. I didn't read it. Like Norwegian something. I don't know. I didn't think it mattered. Well, if you're going to tell me. All right. Hold then on. I have to know. Uh, uh, Norwegian Cruise Line. Frank okay. J. Frank J. Del Rio. I wonder if his middle name is. Okay. Um, I'll learn Jack. more about him. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. <laughs> I'll go on an Internet deep dive a lot later tonight. Oh, no, he just retired, actually, in June. No. No, wait, did he? He will continue with the parent company. Oh, and as a senior advisor through 2020. Oh, okay. So, so that was like a consultant. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Anyway, so that's his status on his current job. Yep. Congrats, Frank. <laughs> yeah. And not congrats, Jack. Jack. Sorry. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on this? I don't care. Ron Rivera's gone after the season. We all knew it before yeah. the season started, so I don't really care. I don't really get what the point yep. of firing this guy was. I mean, I think he's kind of a douchebag, to be honest, Jack Del Rio. Like, just go look into some of his, like, opinions on things, and at least to me, he's a douchebag. So mm-hmm. that's my takeaway. I don't really care. Yep. Obviously, the commanders are under new ownership with Harris, so they're... I hate Josh Harris gonna make a splash in the offseason i think they're just trying to like find any life in the team i don't know it's like when like a new boss comes in and they're evaluating all the people and then they release one person and everyone kind of like acts a little bit better and then everyone's still gonna get how often do you see that happen just out of a lot in movies oh okay yeah oh you like that you know the big moment where they walk in and they just fire random dude i don't think they fight you're watching suits that literally happens yeah, they walk in, they fire a random dude. Yeah, and then everyone's like, Whoa, who I don't think that's what happened here. Josh Harris <laughs> didn't just walk into a building and say, you're fired, having no idea who that is or what they do. No, but he's like evaluating. No, he's not. Josh Harris isn't evaluating shit. He sucks. I don't know. They're on new ownership. New ownership does weird things. Moving on. The Colts. Up, not the Colts. No. The Panthers. <laughs> Yep. Fired several people. Assistant head coach slash running back coach Deuce Staley, quarterback coach Josh McCown, and the big one, head coach Frank Reich, two days ago. Not he in that finishes... order. Frank Reich was fired first yes, by ownership, first. and the interim head coach is the one, and he made this very clear, that he fired Josh McCown and Deuce Staley. Yes, I, I wanted to put it in that order because it was it more like smaller to bigger. It's misleading, um, Ashley. It's okay. It's improper right. journalism, and okay. we are journalists. Yes. Very I clearly. guess very clearly. Um, so 
Frank Reich finishes in Carolina with a 1-10 record. He had 15 points or less in the last five weeks. He becomes the first NFL coach to be fired in back-to-back seasons since the merger of 1970, and he's only the sixth coach to be fired in that time frame without finishing their first season with their team. That is the third in the last three years, actually, with Urban Meyer, Nate Hackett, and now Frank Reich. Reich says he's not done coaching, but that this is probably the end of his time in the NFL. Special teams coach Chris Tab- Tabor? Tabor, right? Uh, uh, Tepper, David Tepper. Tepper was named interim head coach and offensive coordinator. Thomas Brown will handle play calling duties with help from senior assistant, Jim Caldwell. What are your thoughts? Wait. Okay. Sorry. Um, this, this stat means fired during the season in back-to-back seasons, correct? Yes, I believe so. Oh, okay. Sorry. Cause I was, I was thinking of Chip Kelly who got fired in back-to-back seasons as the Eagles and then the Niners. Uh, he didn't finish with the Eagles, but I guess he finished the season with the Niners. Um, so I was just sorry. I was clarifying that for myself. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It's just a crappy situation. Uh, I don't think Frank Reich was doing anything particularly great, um, but it really wasn't the type of situation that I saw that I looked at and said, ah, this is a one-year turnaround job. Like, I don't know what David Tepper was expecting. They apparently got a quarter like the, the reports say that they got a quarterback that they didn't want them being the coaches. They wanted CJ Stroud. They got Bryce Young because ownership stepped in. And then on top of that, uh, to get CJ Stroud, they gutted the team. There's not a lot of talent on the team. All right. So what is so you have to work with? Really? Not a ton. That points to a long, uh, a long Sorry, Ashley, you're distracting me by messaging me during the show. Sorry. Um, you can't do that to my ADHD. I'm in the I, middle of I the didn't know if you could see it. Sometimes you don't see it. So I was just putting it in there. So I didn't lose the a little my thing, ADHD. A little brain. thing popped up. How am I not going to see I'm that? Sorry. I always see it. Um, wow, this is horrible podcasting. I'm very sorry. but It led to a long something. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. to me, that leads to a long rebuild, and they didn't have the mm-hmm. patience, apparently. I don't know who wants this job. Like, th- th- this has to be one of the no. most unattractive jobs in the NFL. Obviously, someone's going to take it. But, like, mm-hmm. you've got an owner who seemingly has very little patience and wants things done the right way in his way. And his and hands quickly. in everything. He's got his hands in everything, which is never good. You never like that out of an owner. And on top of that, you got a quarterback that hasn't looked particularly impressive. But that's mm-hmm. definitely the one that you're going to have because you also sold the farm. You have very little talent. You have very little resources to rebuild the talent on the team. There, it's not like it's a big market. Like there's just not a ton to be excited about if you're getting, you know, if you're getting multiple offers this off season um, for head coaching positions. I don't know what makes them, what makes you choose the Carolina Panthers uh, as the destination mm-hmm. you want to go to. So very bizarre to me. Um, Oh, I did it not feels... see that he said uh, he's done, not done coaching, but it might be the end of his time in the NFL. So, yeah, um, yeah. I hope he he rests. I like Frank Reich. Yes, go birds. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. It it leads me a little bit to look back at like Lovey Smith with the Texans, right? Like going yeah. into a bad situation and kind of knowing you might only have one year. I think Lovey Smith was a little bit more of a guarantee that he kind of only had one year, and the Panthers say they're looking for something a little bit more long term. It's a little different, but kind of the same generalized idea. Um, and it, I, I read an article this morning, actually, about, like, to all the people applying for the Panthers head coaching job, like, please look out at these red flags. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it opens up a conversation. Apply? Yeah. Actually, I, my resume is already filled out. Do people do apply job. for a head coaching job? I don't, I don't know. Like, I didn't really think about it until you said it, but, like, I don't think that's how it works. Is it on LinkedIn? No, imagine? but there I there was stuff for like the XFL or the USFL on LinkedIn, <laughs> on LinkedIn back in the day when that like got re when it got re upped. And I think I think one of my buddies sent in a resume for like XFL or something. Like, um head coaching position. <laughs> that would be awesome. An assistant coaching position or something. They should put it up on LinkedIn, see what happens. Yeah, it's find, uh, like, the next look, great. You, you you got invincible with uh Mark uh Wahlberg uh joining the Philadelphia Eagles off the street. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get the sequel all these years later when your head coach walks in off the street yeah. because he used to play Madden. Um, yeah. Possibly. Probably not. Yes. But. I think we should do it anyway. Um, all right. 
Players of the week from this past week. For the AFC, that would be Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Um, where were his stats? I had them here somewhere. Um, they were going into the second quarter. They had a 14-point deficit. He blew that away. Chiefs end up winning. They score points in the second half for the first time in four weeks? Five? Several weeks. Um, so that's great. On defense, Jags linebacker Josh Allen. On special teams, Jags kicker Brandon McManus. For the NFC, on offense, it's Rams running back Kyron Williams. On defense, Falcons free safety Jesse Bates. And on special teams, Eagles kicker Jake Elliott, who is Third no time stranger this season. to this list. Yeah. Third time this season, Jake the Make Elliott. I got some conversations about him in a little bit that we'll get to. Okay. Um, moving on. There's only one clinching scenario this week, and it's just to clinch the playoffs in the NFC for your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I'm not going to go bizarre. over kind of everything, but Philly has to win or tie in several. The easiest way is Philly wins and the Rams lose or tie. Then Philly yeah, wins, sorry. Detroit loses, Green Bay loser tie. It goes on and on. There's four possible scenarios for Philadelphia to clinch a playoff berth this season they're the first team to have a scenario this season yeah go birds um uh, obviously like i said nobody is coming off of by with the thanksgiving day games and everybody playing going on by is a killer if you play fantasy football the ravens bills bears raiders vikings and giants it's a big one a huge all right. one all right on to our injury report Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson was ruled out during the game with a head injury. Joe Flacco is getting first team reps this week per head coach Kevin Stefanski. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow officially had surgery to repair the damaged ligament in his right wrist on Monday. Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers 21 day practice window officially opened today. Surprise, surprise. He was cleared for quote functional football activity, but non-contact. This happens just 11 weeks after he tore his Achilles in the Jets season opener at home against the Buffalo Bills. Sala says during this time, quote, Aaron will not do anything that puts himself in harm's way. As a reminder, a 21-day practice window means the Jets have 21 days to decide if they wish to pull him off IR or to place him on season-ending IR because he, if you have two IR stints. If, if there is, if he can be cleared for functional football, football activity, like, can mm -hmm. he be cleared for dysfunctional football activity or... Like, I mean, that's do, just like you think him. That entails? Oh, that's true. That is, he's just dysfunctional activity, I think. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, so, yeah, that if, if they elevate him off of IR, that brings him back for the Commanders game December 20th, like after the 21, like right at the end of the 21-day window. Yeah, they can activate him at any point during the 21-day yes. window, though. Yeah. Yes, but that that was always like a, a goalpost people set up. Like, maybe he'll be back for the Commanders. So the December 20th game is the one where if he waits out that 21-day period, that he would come back. Like, the last possible chance would be the, the Commanders game. Obviously, they can elevate him off of IR and not start him. It's possible. But if they do close the practice window again, he is out for the rest of the season, no matter what. Um, for running back Colts, Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor underwent surgery today for a thumb injury. He is expected to miss two to three weeks. It's like really weird. He was like, Oh, it's, it hurts a little bit. It may miss a week. And then he just suddenly had surgery. So now it's two to three weeks. I can relate. Football people are mad. I can relate. I did not give my thumbs enough credit, uh, while cooking right? for Thanksgiving. I did cut through the nail on my left thumb and oh my God, no. It was not really that usable for most Ugh. of the weekend and a couple days thereafter. Um, and, I, and my life suffered. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't I imagine. So, you know, I used to kind of laugh at people when they have a thumb injury. But honestly, like I that's tough, man. Thumb injuries. They, thumbs are important. Yeah. So They're, we have them for a reason. Evolution, that's, baby. That's my I can relate to Jonathan Taylor. We are the same. Ooh. Um, the Vikings elevate wide receiver Justin Jefferson off of IR. He's due to make a comeback. Browns defensive end Miles Garrett had his arm in a sling after the game. He said he, quote, felt something pop on his shoulder. But Stefanski says he's good. He's feeling good about his chances to play this week. Saints quarterback Marshawn Lattimore was officially placed on IR with an ankle, ankle injury. 
And Eagles linebacker Zach Cunningham is expected to be out this week with a hamstring injury he sustained this previous week. Veteran free agent that we talked about earlier, Shaq Leonard, who was released from the Colts a few weeks ago and cleared waivers, is in Philly for a physical workout, a physical and a workout. He also visited the Cowboys, but he's expected to, quote, make a decision over the weekend on where he will be playing. Big Dom picked him up from the airport. Yes, I did see that. Let me some Big so Dom. Walking. He's got his own, yeah. uh, he's got his own merch now. Big Dom. Does he? He does. I feel like we talk about him like once every three weeks. Because more people need to know about Big Dom. I know. <laughs> He's the best in the business, Big Dom is. Uh, and uh, the proceeds for his uh, his shirts go to Eagles Autism Foundation, I believe. So. Oh, I love that. Shout oh, out, the Big Dom. did you see the clip from the new Heights podcast today? Uh, is it about, about the, the Kylie? The jacket? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Rob McElhaney's great. Yeah, um, that was great. The Kylie Kelsey jacket ended up selling for $100,000 to raise money for the Eagles. It was the same foundation, right? Yeah, the Eagles Autism, Eagles foundation. Autism foundation. Yeah, they raised uh, $100,000 for it, which is really Yeah, and Rob McElhaney has been uh, bidding against a mysterious bidder, bidder. Uh, for like a couple of weeks now trying to get that jacket. And it wasn't until they got to $69,000 or no, it was $62,000. Yeah, which is Jason Kelsey's number, mm-hmm. um, that his wife revealed that it was her mm-hmm. he was bidding against. So yeah, that and was she, fun. She made the final bid and it sold for a hundred thousand dollars. Yes, uh, so Great. good for them. Good for them. Yeah, it was really cool. They even got Travis Kelsey to say "Go Birds." He wants to be an Eagle. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. He he loves the Chiefs. He wants to be a Chief for life. But like, mm-hmm. I I think if he could rewrite history, um. I think he would have chosen to be an Eagle. I think he like he he gets on long well with Philadelphia. I think. All right. So I'm, ju- I'm just saying. Maybe he'll move back. That's where Taylor Swift is from. That is true. I, it's not really moving back. Did for you him, think about that but... yet? Well, I mean, like move. Yeah, I think about it all the time because she betrayed it. She risked it all for it's... Travis Kelsey. Um, and if the Super Bowl is a rematch, um. I honestly, that's what the only topic. Well, we we were supposed to, we were supposed to get. Yeah, she wasn't there. The Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers who were playing each other in the Super Bowl rematch. She had a show canceled and rescheduled for that Monday and she could not attend. Their families were supposed to meet in the, in the box. And everyone was very excited to see what she was going to be wearing because obviously she's like from Philly or she's an Eagles fan and she's an Eagles fan and she's dating Travis Kelsey. So, but we were gypped at that opportunity. Yeah. All right. I like 15 that. second I like, frenzy. I can live in my uh my denial just a little bit longer. Very true. She, All right. Explain to us what 15 second frenzy is. I get 15 seconds to talk about every game from the past week. Uh Ashley will tell me when I've run out of time. Uh and I will choose to ignore her half the time yeah. uh to finish my sentence. Uh but yeah, I tell you whatever I want to about those games and then uh yeah. Awesome. All right, ready? Oh yeah, born ready. Three, two, one, go. Packers versus Lions. Jordan Love is in the best stretch of his career, and he really showed out against the Lions on Thanksgiving. It was a must-win game for the Packers if they wanted to keep their postseason hopes alive and also help take the Lions out of contention for the one seed, at least for now. Two fumbles from Jared Goff in the first half put him behind early and did all the damage that needed to be done for the Packers to pull out the win. Cowboys versus Commanders. I mean, the Cowboys were able to pin their ears back on defense in the second half with the Commanders being down big early, leaving little to nothing for the Commanders to do to come back, to be honest. Uh, Deron Bland set an NFL record with his fifth pick six in a season, and that's wild. Rest in peace, Ron Rivera. Next. Niners versus Seahawks. CMC is very good at football, and especially after contact, where he had 69 of his 114 rushing yards. Nice. I don't know if the Seahawks' struggles have a lot to do with Ken Walker being out or Geno being injured. But they've struggled, and they really seem to be starting run at, sort of running out of steam at this point in the season. I'm not sure they're going to be able to keep Next. up what they've been doing to this point. Dolphins versus Jets. Blah, blah, blah. The Dolphins offense is awesome, and they're really fast. No shocker there. More fun is the fact that there was a pick six on a Hail Mary, and it kind of felt like I was watching a game of backyard football on, like, Black mm-hmm. Friday. Uh, you know, like the day after everyone's off and you're all just playing with your friends and everyone doesn't feel like Next. tackling anyone. Uh, Falcons versus Saints. Tyron Matthew and Jesse Bates were the highlights of this game. Bates with a great pick and forced fumble, and Matthew with two picks off of Ritter to try and keep the Saints in the game. The Saints continue to be the most mid-team in the entire NFL. Uh, Not truly being horrible or great, just clearly existing very firmly in the middle, which is probably the worst place to be. 
Steelers versus Bengals. Well, I guess the Bengals' new quarterback will not be leading a playoff run this season. At least it doesn't seem like that right now. Meanwhile, the Steelers continue to trudge along as a 7-4 and team, primed to be in the playoff race and that no one really believes in. On the bright side, the Matt Canada firing seems to be what the offense needed. Yes. They only scored 16 points, but they did look better. Jaguars versus Texans. I have a feeling Trevor Lawrence and CJ Stroud are going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next 10 plus years. If this week was any indication, they were both balling out and CJ Stroud gave his team every opportunity he could to win the game at the end. Also, I think it's fun that they are both coached by former Eagles. Next. Go birds. Giants versus Packers. Both offenses took their time to show up, but coming out of the two minute warning in the first half, Isaiah Hodgins was able to will his way into the end zone to get the Giants on the board first. Rookie quarterback Tommy DeVito went 17 for 25 and 191 yards and a touchdown. Meanwhile, Saquon was basically a non-factor for just 46 yards on the ground. Titans versus Panthers. The game that got Frank Reich fired, I guess. I don't know. Honestly, this seems like a little bull. And honestly, I bet Frank Reich is happy he's not there anymore. I think you should take a year or two off, not work for... And when he comes back, try not to work for two of the most dysfunctional owners in the league back to back, that being the Next. Colts and the Panthers. Rams versus Cardinals. Kyron Williams comes back after a four game absence to be the star of the show. He ran 16 times for 143 yards and had six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns through the air. Kyler, meanwhile, on the other side, has been fairly steady since coming back from injury and finally got Marquise Brown going after a quiet couple Next. of weeks. Broncos versus Browns. Two really odd teams here. One that is about to be counting on Joe Flacco as their quarterback. And the other one that was maybe the worst team in the NFL through the first few weeks, um, now trying to make somewhat of a playoff push. Russell Wilson still isn't quite what he was in Seattle, but he's been clutch recently making big time throws when he's needed to. Next. Chiefs versus the Raiders. This game looked early on like it would be a massive upset just a week after the Chiefs lost to the Eagles at home. Then the Chiefs remembered they're the Chiefs. They took over the game. They never looked back, beating the Raiders 31 to 17. Uh, the upside for the Raiders is that rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell actually played pretty well. Nothing crazy, but he was solid nonetheless. Next. Eagles versus Bills. We as football fans don't appreciate how good Jake Elliott is. He is four of four on kicks 58 plus yards in his NFL career, including making one in inclement weather from 59 yards out to send this game to overtime. For comparison, Justin Tucker has made three out of 17 in his career. Seabass was three of 19 and Adam Vanitari never made one. Ravens versus Chargers. Keaton Mitchell is so fun to watch. It's legitimately shocking that someone who has watched a lot of football in my life, every time he touches the ball, it feels like he accelerates faster than anyone I've ever seen. Electric is truly the only word I want to use to describe him. Meanwhile, the Chargers are the Chargers, and I have everyone wondering why the heck Brandon Staley is still in the building. Next. Finally, Bears versus Vikings. What an ugly game that was surprisingly fun to watch almost. Um as fun as is as fun as it is to cheer for Josh Jobs, it did feel like he crushed really hard back down to earth this week, but I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, meanwhile, DJ Moore single-handedly saved two of my Stop. fantasy matchups on his final catch of the night, so I found myself entranced. Stop. And it That's was great. Yep. I love that. I was losing, and then he had one last catch for, I believe it was 39 yards, and I won two matchups. Yes. So I was thrilled love with that. DJ Moore. A man after my own that. heart. Um, One fix, it was Giants and Patriots. You said Packers. Whoops. Oopsies. Um, I did love the quote, though, about or what you said about Trevor Lawrence and CJ Stroud, because I saw an article on NFL.com titled Trevor Lawrence on potential long term rivalry with CJ Stroud. Quote, I want teams in our division to be as bad as possible. End quote. Trevor Lawrence, he he has an art for just being the most straightforward (laughs) dude ever. Like, it just. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want that? You would have the easiest path to the playoffs as possible. Yes. You would be the Tom Brady Patriots year after. I mean, not you wouldn't be that, but like that was one of the worst divisions in football for like 20 some yeah. years. Yeah. Um, he so, goes yeah. on in the quotes to say like, yeah, it's cool. Like every time he touches the ball, like it's he's on fire. He's yeah. he's awesome. And it's cool to see what they're doing. But I do want them to stink. Yeah. I, why would you want to play a good team twice a year? <laughs> I would rather play bad teams twice a year. Yeah. Um, not that that yeah. ever matters in the NFC, seemingly. Like, even if everyone's bad, all, our games are always a shit show, but whatever. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, all right. Any thoughts on any of the other games? I just want to focus in on Jake Elliott. Um, I want to make sure you heard that. I was actually yeah. upset because I, I had written some of this stuff down. Mm-hmm. I was ready to talk about Jake Elliott on the show. And then I saw Kay Adams, who I love, uh, mm-hmm talked about it on her show i guess this morning uh mm-hmm. and i used her stats so shout out k adams uh but jake elliott is incredibly clutch 
Mm-hmm. He's never missed a kick over 58 yards in his NFL career, and that's ridiculous. He's made two 61-yarders, uh, one to win a game, one uh, right before going into halftime. He made a 58-plus yard or 59-yarder uh, this week in inclement weather, horrible weather in Philly. I was tailgating before the game. I was yeah. out there for a couple hours beforehand. So I was in it. I get it. Me and Jake Elliott, you know, Five. same guy, um, except for all the reasons. Uh, but yeah. – He's just clutch. He's just clutch. Um, he's yeah. re- like, there was never a doubt that he was going to make that for me. Like, I saw Jake Elliott going out there. I'm like, yeah. And he has made some incredible kicks in the Super Bowl. He made an incredibly clutch kick. Like, he's just never missed a clutch mm-hmm. kick. He's missed kicks, never a clutch one, never one that we yes. needed. There was never a moment where you're like, dang, I wish we had any other kicker in the NFL. Yeah. With him, it's a lot of like, wow, that was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not really like, Ah, that sucks. Um, oh, the Texans released their kicker this yep, week Dan- after Matt Amendola. Yep. After missing the, I think it was a fifty-nine game tying. I think I thought it was fifty-six, but I could oh, be wrong. I don't know. Um, I might be thinking of something between fifty-four and fifty-nine yard field goal. Um, to crossbar, bring the Texans, it? yeah, yeah, and then joint forward, not yeah. backwards. So not a double doink. No, just a single doink in the wrong direction. Um, and he was released this week. But that game was electric. I really liked that. That was probably one of my favorite games of the of the week. I didn't get to see a ton of it live, uh, because like I said, I was tailgating the Eagles game. They played at four twenty five. Mm-hmm. Uh so and then I went to a nearby bar to watch it. Yes. Um, so I had a lot of fun. Didn't get to watch that that was the one game I was really excited to watch, and I didn't get to yeah. watch a ton of it, but um it definitely lived up to the hype that yes. people were building it up to be. Is that the second time they've played this season or only the first? I think it's the first. So they still have one more. That's fun. I think I'm going to so. double check that. but Okay. Because I don't trust you at all. No, you shouldn't. No. Uh, yeah, because they've already played once this season. And oh, the Texans won 37 true. to 17. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about true. that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. True, true. Um, update on my situation my pick'em league that i'm in to win money um i went 11 and 5 this week and season so far i'm 120 and 59 that's very good thank you i'm very proud of myself are you winning i'm actually one game out of first I have that's one, better than one loss not one game. being there yeah so most of the times like we don't pick Thursday night games in this pick'em league because it's like too early. So I write my write down my pick. But um so season total I'm one twenty and fifty nine, but I'm one point I'm like one he's like one ten and I'm like he's one eleven and I'm one ten. So I got you. I can do math. Yeah, it's okay. Me too. Um so I'm very excited about that. Um, proud. I've like stuck to it all season. I wanted to see because I I always say things like I just like oh you I do. think this team could win. I just I talk so you do. Um, yeah. Now I get to put my my money where my mouth is this season, and it's been fun. So I'll give you another update down the line. I can't wait. You're welcome. I I get updates most weeks. Yeah. But I still can't wait. Okay. All right. Let's get into our main segment here. What we like to call mid season end of year awards. With an asterisk, this season slightly delayed due to personal reasons. Yeah, these are supposed yeah. to be mid-season, and then, yeah, stuff yeah. happened. Yeah, so it's the now. After week 12, mid-season, end-of-year awards. Like almost three-fourths of the season? Yeah. Is it? No, almost. Almost. I think maybe yeah. after, like, a couple games this week, it'll be three-fourths of the way. Oh, like like after, like, the one o'clock slate thing? Yeah, because it'll be it's week 13. Never mind. We can just ignore me. Okay. I don't feel like doing the math. <laughs> okay. Though so you just told me you were good at you could do math and you were good at math. I mean, yes, yeah, some math. I you I, the math you asked for was one. It was plus <laughs> or minus one. Okay. All right. Award time. Let's start with our pick for comeback player of the year. Why don't you go ahead? Okay. Um it really should be Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, but it will be Bills safety Demar Hamlin, who's returning after the 
tragic night in Cincinnati where he his heart stopped on the field on primetime. He played, I think, in like one game this season so far. I do think he's an incredible story, incredible that he's even come back to the NFL at all. Um, but we had this conversation last year on how I, I view comeback player of the year. So I just, I think it should be Tua, but it will be Jamar Hamlin. Yeah, he's played in three games. Uh, he's uh, three games. He's played a total of 4% of the snaps. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's nine total snaps, if I'm reading this correctly. And 58 snaps on special teams in the three games that he's played. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, it's kind of like the Alex Smith year a little bit mm-hmm. where sometimes there's just something that transcends what this award kind of is. Um, yes. Geno Smith last year, uh, different, obviously not to the level of like Alex Smith or DeMar Hamlin in the way that a lot of stuff could have gone wrong and they didn't. And somehow they are still in an NFL uniform uh, and it's not really depicted uh, based on their play. Um uh, but yeah, sometimes it's, it's sometimes it's more about the storyline than anything. I yeah. agree. My my pick is Tua, uh, mm-hmm. because I just I'm curious how far they're gonna push it uh, if he's only active for three games of the entire season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what Tua came back from was incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. There were a lot of. It's not the same level, obviously. Tua could have. He did not almost lose his life. But there were a lot of people wondering if Tua was going to retire after last year. The the, the head he guy were terrifying. The head guy who runs, like, who discovered CTE and yeah. and leads the research on it, told him he should retire. Yeah, so it, it's terrifying. Uh, yeah, terrifying in a very different way um, than what happened to Demar Hamlin. But uh, to mm-hmm. his comeback, and not only that, there there have been times during the season where he's been the favorite for MVP. Uh, he's at least in the conversation for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, he he'd get my vote. Uh, but I do agree with you that I tend to think it'll be Demar Hamlin. It'll just yep. be interesting to see what the uh, AP voters do. Associated Press yep. said it. So. And you and I don't vote on this, but I do believe DeMar Hamlin will be the Walter Payton Man of the Year with all of the work he's doing with um, donating. It has to do a lot with like charity and community outreach and stuff. He's been um, running CPR clinics, and like his fund is now dedicated to uh, putting the machines. What are they called? The the AEDs, AFib, AED. There we go. So, um, putting AEDs in schools and sports complexes—that's been his his whole thing lately. So, I do believe he probably will win the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Um. Okay. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Why don't you give us your pick? Because I think it's also mine. Yeah. Um. It's a pretty easy one for me. It's yeah. Shailen Carter. Um. Look, I could I could read all the stats that I've read every couple of weeks. It feels like on this podcast about where he's the ranked currently, team. and the, yeah, the double team crap, the stuff about how dominant he is. But like, all I'm asking is that if you don't think Jalen Carter is the defensive rookie of the year, just mm-hmm. watch him play. Yeah, just pull up a game and the watch, eye test. Watch number ninety eight. Like, and, and this isn't me being like, oh, a film guy with all this crap. Like, no, I, I, I love the Eagles. And look, I've had the pleasure, the absolute pleasure of watching Fletcher Cox, one of the best defensive tackles of the past 20 years, play almost every snap of his career. And Jalen Carter has walked on the field and he has looked like one of the most dominant NFL defensive tackles I've ever seen. And he's a rookie. He routinely makes vested veterans just look like fools. He blows things up single-handedly. He's unstoppable. The, mm-hmm. the, the Eagles defense lost Javon Hargrave to the largest contract of the offseason when he went to the 49ers. Javon Hargrave was incredible last year. He was incredible for the Eagles defense. They have not missed a beat with Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter has walked in and matched and somewhat superseded surpassed. the surpass. That's the word I was looking for. The production that Javon Hargrave had last year for the Eagles. And that doesn't happen. Not with defensive tackles, not at, not as rookies. Um, he, he, if he had more sacks and he already has, I think five sacks, which is 
already ridiculous for a rookie defensive tackle. If he had mm-hmm. a couple more like sack plays, maybe a forced fumble or two, maybe a weird pick six, he'd probably be in consideration for defensive player. Defensive player. Yeah. Um, but no, he's defensive rookie of the year. And I just, he's, he, he's like 12 years old and he looks mm-hmm. like he's been in the league for 15 years. I just love when he, um, when he talks yeah. like what, like, he says very quiet. He was the one who had the quote about he tried yeah. to do the the yeah. slide under, right? Okay. Yeah. So if you didn't see it, he tried to slide under the center's legs and catch the spike that Patrick Mahomes was doing. Um, he said, I saw that on YouTube and I thought it looked and the kid got it and I tried it and I didn't get it. Like looks cool. Um, and that's why he tried it. He just saw a clip on YouTube, but he just like says stuff like that. Like it's just so nonchalant, right? Like he could, he could figure out physics and like all of it. And then he would just be like, yeah, I just, I just read some things. Yeah. I, whatever what? you just, whatever you just said, I, you definitely stole from a tweet that I saw this week. Because yes. That's what I'm saying. Accurate. Yes. That's yeah. what I, I, if I didn't say that, like, that's what I saw. The, I saw the quote and then it was quote tweeted. His quote quote tweeted with that it was like, he could say he solved world peace and it would, Say that. Be like, yeah, I just saw a thing on YouTube and I figured I'd try it. Uh, yeah. For reference, uh, if anyone was watching the video and not listening, this is the play we're talking about. He dives under the center uh, on a spike uh, for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, and yeah, and almost gets the pick. Um, I mean, maybe not almost, but came a lot closer than most people thought yes. he should. Uh, but very bizarre. He also had a blocked field goal this week, by the way, uh, against the Bills, which obviously was massive because the game went to overtime. Uh, yeah, he's just great. He's great. He's yeah. really good. And it's really cool. He he's doesn't look anything like a rookie. No, he's got that aid factor. Yeah. And uh, speaking of guys that don't look anything like rookies, I think we have the same answer for offensive rookie of the year as well. Yes, it is. That would be Texans quarterback CJ Stroud, who has made his impact known from the second he walked in that building. Um, After what happened around the draft and his testing scores being low and his like people's confidence in him dropping for him to come out and do this was slap in the face to everyone who doubted him. He's led the Texans to be in position to like, make a real playoff run with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. Everything he does is just like, what? There was a play called back this week because of holding, which would have been, it was to tank Dell. It would have had 69 or 70 air yards, which would have had, would have been the most air yards to a completion ever in the NFL, like ever in the NFL. Ever. CJ Stroud. Yes, like I'm just it's it's crazy. What he's doing out there is crazy. Um and it it there's no one else. I I think he should win a bigger award than this, but I think this is the one he's going to get. He set the record for most passing yards by rookie with 470 uh in a win versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they put up 39 a couple weeks ago. Um most of the time what you see from quarterbacks uh when they're rookies is you see the highs and the lows. You see the mm-hmm especially when you're on a bad team. Like I'm not talking Dak in 2016 where he won rookie of the year. He didn't deserve it. It should have been Zeke, but like he went to a really good team already. They went 13 and three. He didn't have to do a lot. CJ Stroud is on a team with not a lot of talent. Like they, they're just, they, they don't have an overly deep team. They're also very well coached. We'll talk about that later. I'm sure they're very young. Um, they're very young, but CJ Stroud they're normally you get the highs, you get the lows. I, there have been so few, if any lows where you look and you're like, rookie mistake it's instead it's like this dude has been in the nfl for like six seasons mm-hmm. um the fact that he's even in the M- in the mvp conversation which he is in that yeah. conversation uh i think says everything you can possibly say uh like we discovered before this show an uh a rookie has not won nfl mvp since jim brown in the 60s and he was uh, the only one to do it he's the 65. only one to ever do it and he did not win rookie of the year uh no. funnily enough but regardless CJ Stroud's really freaking good, and he's. Yeah, I don't know how he doesn't win NFL rookie or uh, offensive rookie of the year this year. Yeah, I want him to win MVP. Um, just quick question: If he does win a higher award than rookie of the year, who are you having as your? I like this is on the fly. Sorry, who would you have as your rookie of the year? Uh, the people I'm considering are probably Puka Nakua, 
Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson, I guess. Bichon? Oh, maybe Sam, Sam Laporta. Yeah, Tank Dell's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably the list of guys, but yeah. I don't know. I, I have not, I, I haven't looked close enough at like their stats and thought about it enough because whenever I've thought about it, it's just like, oh, it's, it's CJ Stroud. I think it would be, in my eyes, Puka Nakua after all of the records he set. Yeah, he like slowed his, down though. He slowed he down. He did. Though. He and did. I, but like yeah. I'm saying, this is like technically our midseason, like end of year awards. It's not the end of the year yet. So as of right now, he would probably be the front runner if it were not CJ Stroud in my mind. Like he's like me. No, that's fair. I mean, I, I think early on he was neck and neck with CJ Stroud, probably. Yes. He but was I doing do think stuff. I think Laporta makes a bigger push being able to do what he's doing as a tight end, even though he did have a tiny bit of a downturn. He won't um, get it. He, I don't think no, there's a world where he'd get it. But, because he's a tight end. And that it's just tough. Like Jameer Kibbs got off to a slow start and now he's here. Like finishing faster is better than a slow start when it comes to this kind of stuff. These awards. That's what she said. Fair enough. Okay. Moving enough. on. We are going to defensive player of the year. Who is your pick? Yeah, it's the uh, same as you. Surprise, surprise. Hey. Uh, it's Miles Garrett. Um, this team is well in the playoff race and they've been dealing with Deshaun Watson, XFL great PJ Walker and temple. Great temple tough uh, rookie Dorian Thompson Robinson and possibly Joe Flacco at quarterback yes. for the entire season. He has single handedly won them a game or two this season. And that's not something you can say about many defensive players ever. Like yeah. it just doesn't happen very often. He's done it maybe twice this season. Um, along with just doing really, really crazy stuff. Uh, obviously, putting up the numbers to back it up. He's he's the easy one for me. Um, he's just been incredible. I, I mean, we already knew that he had the talent. Now he's just, I don't know. He's kind of been in a league mm-hmm. of his own. Uh, the yeah. guys behind him, the Michael Parsons, the TJ Watt, uh, they obviously, they're there. They exist, but I, it's, it's Miles Garrett for me. Yeah, clear cut. Um, his stats this season, just so you know, the... 32 tackles, 13 sacks, and four forced fumbles. And that's just numbers-wise. Like, you, we yeah. talked earlier about the eye test, right? Not even watching film, right? Like, not doing film breakdowns, just yeah. watching as if you were a casual fan watching the sport who didn't know X's and O's. It He passes the eye test. Like, yeah. numbers aside, he makes such a difference, even if he's not having forced fumbles or sacks. It's clearly, clearly Miles Garrett. Um, all right, where do you stand for our NFL Offensive Player of the Year? Well, I'm torn between two, and I see your answer. So I will happily go with the one that is not um, okay. that person. Uh, so I am going to say, yeah, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, he's incredible. He. It's hard to put into words, I think. And also, it's tough because I know that part of why I think he's so good is fantasy relevant. Yeah. But also, I think it's so important to look at his offense, his team, and it is all predicated on the run game. Um, and obviously, we've seen Kyle Shanahan do incredible things with very little talent at running back overall. Um, but, man, Christian McCaffrey has just been so incredibly good. Uh, he obviously he was very, very close for um, to breaking the uh, record for um, consecutive games. Streak, yeah. yeah, consecutive games of the touchdown. Um, but he's he's just been incredible. He is their offense. Um, and I think part of this equation is the fact that I don't believe in Brock Purdy as being that next level type of quarterback. I think a large part of what he's able to accomplish is because of what Christian McCaffrey does. I think Christian McCaffrey is able to do something for that offense that um, allows Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and especially Brock Purdy to be as successful as they are because you're just terrified of Christian McCaffrey touching the ball every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Brushing or receiving. Yeah. Yeah. My answer varies a little bit. They're both neck and neck in the race for this award. My answer is uh, Dolphins wide receiver Tyree Kill. He has gone, had 100 yards receiving seven times this season, 150 plus in four of those. 
Um, he's just been a, a playmaker that's really crucial to the Dolphins' success on offense, opening up the deep threat with his speed, obviously. He's on pace to still break the record the and surpass yeah. 2,000 receiving yards this season. At the beginning of the year, he was on pace for 3,000. He slowed down a little bit. He's on pace for passing the 2,000 mark. I just, I think you can't compete with that, with breaking records and just being that big of a, a playmaker. And I know Christian McCaffrey is, it's not a knock on Christian McCaffrey. I just think it's, it's the flash around it and like the, the circumstance around Tyreek Hill and what that offense has been able to accomplish otherwise, like aside from him too. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I think uh, I do kind of think it'll go to Tyree Kill. Um, mm -hmm. and like I said, I was kind of torn on them. You just mm -hmm. gave me a chance to talk about Christian McCaffrey, so sure. Um, yeah. I think what it comes down to is uh it's offensive player of the year, it's not MVP. I think Christian yeah. McCaffrey is more important to his team's success than Tyree yes. Kill is to his team's success. Um, which maybe is completely wrong because the 49ers were good before Christian McCaffrey and mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about that wrong, but just to my eye and the way that I look at it, that's how I see it. But uh, I agree that I think, yeah, Tyreek Hill is very deserving and he's having an all-time season right now. All right. And we'll move on to most valuable player of the year. You and I had a little bit of a discussion before this. Um, my answer is still your answer. I'm going to let you talk about it first, and then I'll talk about a little bit of my hesitations. Yeah, it's Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. um, the Eagles are 10-1. and one. Uh, Jalen Hurts' passer rating in the second half. Oh, wait, I did have something here. Uh, where is it? Uh, his passer rating in the second half or overtime when trailing is almost 140. Um, he has seven passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, and no picks. It, it's, it's territory that no one else lives in. And, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand about the fact that this is the MVP. Like, if you take them away, yeah, they have a great team and all that. Um, and obviously, I brought up the fact that Jalen Hurts has lost two games in the regular season in the past two years. He's like 26 and two or something like that, uh, which is puts him in the conversation of him and Peyton Manning, I think, that have ever done that ever. Um, starting 10 and one in consecutive seasons, very few. Uh, there's again, there's like three quarterbacks that have ever done it. Yeah, Windsor quarterbacks aren't a quarterback stat, whatever. If you've watched him play, he's seven and zero when trailing by ten points or more. And the MVP is about being valuable. It's more than just you know how good is he, whatever. Because Patrick Mahomes is insanely talented, and he's got thirty eight passing touchdowns. Like whatever, it makes sense. Jalen Hurts doesn't flinch. I've never seen him flinch. There, I, I this season of Eagles football has grown me so many gray hairs it's ridiculous because they're all they just don't make it easy but here's the thing if you had asked me during that chiefs game if i thought we were going to lose going into half down like 17 to 3 or whatever it was i would have said no going into halftime trailing against the bills ask me if i thought we were going to lose i would have said no against the dolphins against the dallas cowboys like these are the teams we beat it's the hardest schedule in the league statistically and on top yeah i know i know i know yes I, did he yeah yeah honestly I said, you know what i let him i was jets. letting him have his soapbox yeah. because i really want to interject and said what if i asked you that during the Jets game <laughs> i i still would have said i didn't think we were gonna lose we did and he mm -hmm. made one of the worst throws of his career at the worst possible time but here's the thing yeah. he didn't flinch he never flinches everyone has bad games everyone makes bad throws i have never seen a man that I don't care if he throws a pick because it's never going to spiral ever. It never spirals. If he throws a touchdown, if he throws a pick, if he throws for 700 yards in a game, if he throws for six picks, negative 10 yards and loses his left leg, he's going to come back the next week and just be like, yeah, the haze in the barn. They keep the main thing, the main thing. And no one's going to know what he's talking about, but God damn it. If I'm not going to run through a wall for him, He's the yeah. most valuable player because this team is not 10 and one without him. I don't care what talent they have around him. He walks out there every single drive and there is no doubt on any of his teammates that he's going to win them the game. If you check out Brandon Graham's uh, mic'd up moments from this past game, which shout out to Brandon Graham, by the way, he is now the all time leader in games played by a Philadelphia yes. Eagle surpassing David Akers. Um, so, 
after the halftime toss, after the coin toss, Bills got the ball. Brandon Graham was quoted saying to the Bills player, doesn't matter. Then when they kicked a field goal, Brandon Graham said, all right, we won. Mm -hmm. He said, Jalen Hurts about to win us the game. There's never a gosh darn doubt in his mind. And that is an MVP. The stats are what the stats are. He's got those. He's had incredible games against great defenses. He's had incredible games. He's had bad games. So is everyone. Mm -hmm. But there is never a moment in time this season where I have not felt like we have a chance to win the game, where I felt like we didn't have a chance to win the game because that's just who he is. And if he's doing that to me, I can't imagine the dudes that are out there with him because he's the MVP. And that ultimately is why I still have him as my pick, right? And before it, I said something along the lines of not a lot of the numbers stand out to me. And it's part of like me having to deconstruct how I view the MVP award. And I know it is most valuable and not best. Like it's not the best offensive player. Um, but to me, it's just that nobody kind of really stood out numbers wise, stats wise, um, or like you know, anything like that, which I think is part of it. I just don't know that his numbers wowed me enough. But at the end of the day, I mean, his dual threat ability is uncanny. Um, what they've been able to accomplish has been oh, by against, the way, against good teams is incredible. And he did do I it on a the brotherly like a, shove. He did do it on a bum knee for like five weeks also, by the way. Yeah, forgot so about that. I think that, that should probably be thought about. Yes. Um, and so, finally, yeah. if he wins, it will be because of the brotherly shove. And I think that's hysterical. Yes, I know. Then they're going to ban it the following year. Dude, um, don't get me started. No, we don't have time for that. No, we don't. Um, and finally, coach of the year, who is your pick? No, nah, you go ahead because we have the same pick. And I, I, okay. after you talk about that, I want to just talk a little bit about the coach. Okay. Of the year thing. So our pick would be Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans. What he's done. I mean, it's it's so similar to what I what I said for CJ Stroud. But bringing this team to playoff contention after what they've had to deal with the last few years, um, getting rid of Deshaun Watson after the scandal, being the worst team in the NFL, and picking a guy who right before the draft didn't seem to be the best, even though a lot of people did view him, but he fell in the draft. To take this team this young with this little talent, this little depth, I don't want to say talent because that team is very talented, but this little depth, this far down to play this competitively, even in their losses, they, they play competitively and the entire team rallies around him no matter what. I have not heard a single person even say a bad thing about him, give him a side eye, nothing. That team loves him and that's crucial in my eyes. And I know what you're going to talk about, which is why we think he might not win. Yeah, it's just, it's very it's very bizarre. Dan Campbell is currently the yeah. favorite. Um, I agree with you, first of all. I, I do think Demico yes. Ryan should be the head uh, coach of the year. Go Birds, um, former Eagle. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it's very inconsistent um, what they actually look for when it comes to voting on coach of the year. For instance, um, and I wish I had this stat last year because I made a big stink about Brian Dable not deserving mm -hmm. to win, and look how that's working out for him. Um, they went 9-7-1. and one. You have to go back to 1990 to find a worse winning percentage for a head coach when Jimmy Johnson somehow won at seven and nine. Not really. I'm sure there's a story there. I just don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the only other person to win with 10 wins or less since 1990 is Bruce Arians. When he took over for um, Chuck Pagano in 2012 and he went nine and three. So obviously it's a much better percentage than nine, seven and one. Uh, but four of the last six have been in their first year in the past six years. Um, but yeah, more recently it's, it's, it's been very all over the place in terms of what you're looking for. Uh, it's, it's about going from, it's not go, it's not about going, I don't know. It's just very bizarre because a couple of years ago, I would have said to Ryan's was a shoe in, but I don't understand the Dan, like Dan Campbell is obviously he's good. He deserves it. They're a great team. But it's been three years in the making when a couple years ago, first of all, when Nick Sirianni probably should have won it last year, it was, oh, well, they were pretty good. They made the playoffs the year before. OK, so you don't want them from to go from good to great, even though no one is, was expecting them to be that good. Um, mm -hmm. Doug Peterson, the year that he lost to Sean McVay, Sean McVay was the new hot guy on the street and they lost in the first round and they were not that competitive, but they were good. They were better, much better than the year before. 
um, and that seemed to matter more. But then all of a sudden, Mike Vrabel wins in 2021, John Harbaugh wins in 2019 because of two massive years. Not saying they don't deserve it. It's just very inconsistent as to what they're looking for, in my opinion. Um, and also a massive thing that I don't think ever will get talked about enough because of the way that people look at it is game management. Like mm-hmm. it's never taken into consideration. If, if and again, this is not me. I, I, I would vote for D'Amico Ryan's. I want to make that very clear. Yes. But I don't think there is a better head coach on game day than Nick Sirianni in the entire NFL. He does not put his team in positions that make it harder for them to win the game which is something you see repetitively around the league. You hear me yelling about it all the time. I get very angry when I watch a guy blow a timeout for no reason. Or like, for instance, the Bills probably should have had, uh, they made some weird choices on the final drive uh, for the Bills and the Eagles. And Sean McDermott was left with 20 seconds and one timeout leading into that final drive where they kneeled it out, tied to go into overtime. Very realistic. He should have had three timeouts. In which case, you've got two passes over the middle and a chance to get into field goal range on a day where Josh Allen was incredible. Mm-hmm. Poor timeout management led to that not being a thing. You've got head coaches wasting, or not, sorry, not wasting, but saving their challenges for seemingly no reason. Mm-hmm. Everything, Every scoring review, every scoring play is reviewed. Every turnover is reviewed now. Everything under, anything two, under minute, two minutes. Anything under two minutes. It's not a challenge is not as valuable as it used to be in the way that you had to really hold on forever. Andy Reed, horrible, horrible management to lose the Eagles game. You have Patrick Mahomes. It's fourth and three on your, on the Eagles side of the field on like the 40 yard line. And I guarantee you when he walked out as punter, there's not a person on the Eagles sideline that wasn't celebrating that you weren't giving Patrick Mahomes a chance. The best quarterback in the league, arguably, to get the first down on fourth and three when your defense has been really good all day. I Nick Sirianni doesn't flinch when it uh, sorry, I'm I'm caught up in the flinching because of Jalen Hurts. Nick Sirianni, he does the obvious thing, seemingly the easy decision all the time that puts his team in a place to succeed. He is not afraid to not get something. He's not afraid to not get that fourth down call because yeah. he knows he has an awesome offense. So I I wish that was more highly rated, but people don't, I don't feel as though the voters are really looking that type, that deep into it because Dan Campbell, for instance, I was I just going to, he's a very good game manager. Dan Campbell is going to win this award. This yeah. is my final is Dan Campbell's going to win this award. Um, despite the very risky play calling that is sometimes beneficial. Um, I don't mind the risk, Lions. to be clear. Yes. Yes. It's picking and choosing the battles. Brandon Staley is the worst at that, as we've discussed. Going forward on fourth down does not make you smart. Mm-hmm. It's doing it in the right positions and the right times. Yes. That yes. is. And I don't know if Dan Campbell fully takes advantage of that in the yes. way that other coaches are better at. But I think Dan Campbell gives them a little, the voters a little bit of the best of both worlds um, yeah. in the risk, in the fairly new, in the building this team from the ground up. They and kind of get pieces him. from everything that they're looking for. And he's a really likable coach and his like, players really like him. And, and team, I just, people want the team to be good. Like yes. it's like every, and, like everyone. Yep. Really. Yeah. It's, so. it's easy. Like they're easy to cheer for. Like, yes. And that, that is a huge part of it. Um, yes. Brian Dable should not have won it last year. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, thanks. Great. Duncan, where can we find you? You can find me sitting on my couch asking why God has done this to me yet again as the Eagles go into halftime down 15, uh, only for Jalen Hurts to make 49ers fans cry yet again um, as they end up winning uh, on Sunday, uh, much to the dismay of my mental health. Um other than that, you can find me on Twitter at mpdungan75. You can find me on the Start Sit Show on the FF Chat Discord, where I help people with their Start Sit questions in fantasy football. And yeah. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's. And Ashley, me, Duncan, the entire Undroppables crew on our Discord channel, which you can gain access to by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the Undroppables. You can find me and Duncan here on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know if we were under Spotify wrapped. Probably not, but let me know. You know Either way. Probably not. You don't well, know I think that. We, 
Well, yeah. No, it's setting ourselves like, up for failure. Like, okay, fine. Um, Abe, let, <laughs> let us. Abe watches live, though. That's the thing. That's okay. Say, I'm just saying, Abe. don't say yourself. A, that's like, hey, I made this food. It's probably really bad, but let me know if you like it. It's like, okay, well, now I'm going to think it's bad. Like, okay. You don't have to say that. Okay. Well, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Apple, Spotify, the other thing that you tell me every time because I can't remember its name. I don't know what you're talking about. Me. Okay, great. Um, we hope to see you here next week. We hope you have a lovely week of football, week 13, and we will see you next week to talk about it. Have a great night. Go Birds. Bye.